Welcome to The Vine, a plant media project podcast with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. And today, our guest is Greta Gaines, a former world champion extreme snowboarder, TV host on networks like MTV, Oxygen, and ESPN. She's a fly fisherman and recording artist, as well as an Ayurvedic wellness counselor and an internationally recognized cannabis and hemp expert. Today, we're going to be talking about her new line that she just launched as the CEO and co-founder of Love Plus Hemp. Welcome, Greta. It's so um, great to be here in virtual land with you. We're so great to happy have, you. to have you. Yes. And you're such a multi-talented person. There's so many things to talk about with you. We always like to start out just hearing how you got into the industry. So we're hoping you can tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I do a lot of things, but my core things I've always done is I'm a musician and um, I have always been into the outdoors um, and living a healthy lifestyle. So when I started off in music, I was fortunate enough to go to the year 2000 Farm Aid and Willie Nelson, I met Willie Nelson there that year. And um, uh, Neil Young, who I love, showed up to the event in, a, in a, an incredible long um, truck that was powered by hemp biofuel. And I met all these wow. farmers and I learned about hemp for the first time. And I had no idea, I knew about cannabis, but I didn't know that there were all of these um, farmers trying to get a bill passed and make it legal again and all the multitude of things that you could do with hemp. So um, that definitely uh, being around those men and, and that event um, opened my mind and got me involved in the next step, which is I met Keith Strop, the founder of Normal, who I, I went to Georgetown. He had, he's older than me, but he had gone there and we had an instant connection and instant affinity. And as soon as I met him and learned about um, the state of the laws in America and how unjust and racist it was, um, I got outraged. And like a lot of activists, like a, a, a flip, a switch went off. And I said, well, what can I do? What can I possibly do to help? And I just started volunteering, singing, performing, joining the board, um, putting together fundraisers, anything that I that I could do to be helpful in the movement. And that just kind of cascaded um, as this whole world. This was about 10 years ago, and it was really kind of um, the beginning of a, of a lot of parts of the movement. And I loved everybody that I got involved with. Um, a lot of crazy individuals, people from all over. It reminded me of the beginning of snowboarding, where it was all these characters, and I just felt like right at home and that maybe I could be of some service. It's so great. So, so great. And I was reading a little bit about, you know, your history and your childhood. And I see that you were raised by artists and writers, your mother, a former Miss Alabama contestant and a novelist outdoorsman father that invented paintball. Like, how yeah. cool is that? And so I wanted to chat with you a little bit about, you know, your upbringing and like the influence that that may have had on your farm to face approach of your recently launched CBD products. Oh, well, I did have an unusual um, upbringing in the sense that my brothers are artists, my parents were artists, and um, we were raised with the ethos that we should have the most fun, you know, we should cause no damage, we should, we should, we should really explore our creative side. And um, we were encouraged in everything artistic, musical, and um, I don't know how it led to, neither one of my parents are activists per se, but they are such individuals that they march to their own drummer and they do what they want to do and they ask questions later. So in the case of paintball, my father, um, well, he wrote a book called Pumping Iron about bodybuilding. We were surrounded by bodybuilders and 
Hunter S. Thompson and all these wild characters because I grew up in New Hampshire, which was the first state, you know, that you would go and register, um, you know, for the Hampshire primary. So we would always get a lot of, even though we lived in the middle of nowhere, we always get these interesting characters coming through. So, you know, as a teenager to have Hunter S. Thompson staying in the next bedroom for the weekend, you know, with his weird wig wow. and his briefcase so full of drugs, cool. I definitely saw people who were living <laughs> um, on the edges. And um, so I think that um, New Hampshire also is a place, the motto is live free or die. I mean, I was raised, even though my parents are Southern, I was raised with this real sense of justice and this sense of freedom needs to be guarded above all else. And I still, I'm having a hard time during this COVID pandemic in a lot of ways because it's, we're having to redefine, you know, what does freedom mean? What is the risk reward relationship of every interaction? But as a child, we were wild. We were in the woods. We were, you know, I was ski racing when I was six years old. And um, because of my introduction to the woods, to nature, to fly fishing and to snowboarding, and New Hampshire's filled with people who artisans and wacky poets, artists, all these, not everybody knows that about the state, but everyone's kind of marching to their own drummer in that state. So for me to feel empowered from a young age, to carve my own path, to do not anything they laid out, but just follow my passion. What did, was I passionate about? And I've always kind of lived that way. There's been no plan ever. It's been like, where's a good time? Who are the cool people? Where can I make an impact? Where can I uh, experience the most joy? And um, the cannabis movement has been, um, has, been, has been an amazing place to explore a lot of those themes. Um, that I grew up with, cherishing. Yeah, it's so so great. And I have to mention that you were kind enough to let us try your products. And 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 Elizabeth and I have had the opportunity over the past couple of weeks to try Love Plus Hemp. And I can tell you, it's it's an amazing line. I we both especially really love the serum, which smells amazing. And you know, I just you know, I'm turning like this is like my final couple of weeks in my 30s, and you oh, know, wow. thinking about you know self care is just so important and you know, to see how CBD and the cannabis industry has infused into the beauty industry is so impactful and really relates to how cannabis is a medicine and, and a vitamin. And so I just, I really wanted to mention that it's been, it's been a pleasure to get to try these products. They all smell so fantastic. And it's, it has to have been a really incredible journey to be able to make these products that are that are just so incredible and organic and amazing. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, we'd love to, to hear more. Sure. Well, I've been making products from hemp for the body for 10 years. I started a company and sold it called The Hempery. So I definitely have been formulating and playing around with this amazing plant. But it wasn't until I partnered up with um, with Jody and we saw what was happening with um, with CBD that we got the idea to take um, to handle the next level in this journey, which is delicate facial skin and using CBD and different plant um, botanicals. So it's been a refining process for me. Really, I started off making things that right in the kitchen and mixing and matching and they had a short shelf life. Um, But the more I learned about cannabis and the endocannabinoid system, what I'm seeking in my life and what I think all women and men are seeking in children right now is balance. So when I took a deep dive over several years into the endocannabinoid system by attending conferences and talking to scientists and experimenting, experimenting on my friends, on my mother, on my dog. Um, I, I was like, 
if we have an opportunity to replace in people's daily regimen things that are maybe have chemicals or do disrupt the hormones or could have drug interactions or who knows when it's filled with chemicals what it's going to do to our bodies um i thought we had a, a remarkable opportunity to create things that solve a problem for us we started making things that solved the problem we didn't see in the marketplace what we wanted to use on our skin so we started making them and and it's kind of um ballooned out from there and i'm thrilled to hear that that you less were still in the beginning stages and we're getting all this feedback and we think what we made is great but we need you guys to think it's great um and so that's really great to hear and we're so excited to really formally launch this stuff in the next couple of weeks and get that feedback but what i'm hoping is that maybe a lady or a guy or a gal who's got a complicated you know regime right now will be able to simple it down to the one two three system or maybe someone who's using something over the counter and they read the list of, of, of ingredients and they realize, well, I, I can't even pronounce half of these words. What are all these things? Right. And what do they do to my body? And an opportunity to put something on, into the skin, right, which absorbs everything that we put on it, that has a chance of helping to balance the endocannabinoid system, which is the system that supports the immune system, which is more important than ever throughout the entire body. We're going to put something on there. The skin's going to lap it up. It's going to lap up those phytonutrients, those omega-3s and 6s, the gamulinic acid, all those plant esters, all that earth essence, and then the cannabidiol, which is anti-inflammatory and anti-acne and has all this stuff. So, you know, we just tried to make the most delicious, nutritious products that we could. And um, so I feel really good about that. And that's where the love comes in, because we're not out here just to make money and do work. We're, we're here to really show people that the reward for self-care of putting that love and those nutrient-packed products onto your skin is that hopefully you will, you'll have that inner glow and you will have a deeper sense of balance. And that's all I'm after at this point in my life. I just, it takes, it's like all day, every day, it takes a lot of effort. I just try to stay, just trying to stay balanced and balanced skin is beautiful skin. Well, I just want to add in there that I am quite a bit older and I too, uh, my skin, I think it's looking pretty, pretty great. And nobody can see us. We can see one another. Our listeners can't see us. But um, yeah, it, I, I'm really impressed. Uh, you, and and you're, you're, you know what? You're not, you're not that much older than me. I can tell you right now, you might think that, but I know that we're like within a couple of years of each other. But that's the main thing is like, if you feel good and if, it, then that projects and that really is where beauty comes from and and it's you know we're living in an you know everybody's trying to put us in a box of women over a certain age but we're done they with that are. stuff now they are. they are and believe me in the music business you know you know 50 you know you might as well be 150 like it doesn't matter so <laughs> so if they're going to put us in a box then you know it's our job to just not let them yeah not let them close us in yeah not, not put the top on the box right <laughs> So um, you've been such a leader uh, amongst women, you know, doing the extreme sports. What is it like having a woman-owned business in the hemp industry? Like, are you and Jody up against some things or have you found it pretty open and inviting? Well, I have to say, when I got started in the space 10 years ago, um, I was really excited because um, as we've discussed some in the past, like, there wasn't a glass ceiling on it. It was a new industry and you could come in and be a CEO. But I did see several friends go through a growth process at the beginning where they'd build some amazing brand and it would literally be sort of 
taken out from under them by their own board members, by males who got threatened by a woman in a CEO position. And I'm talking like 10 years ago. But since then, like now, I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a woman in, in a better industry. Um, this is in our soul. This is in our DNA. We have been using plants and we have been healing and we have been taking care of everybody around us from time immemorial. And um, so far, I, I mean, right now at this particular moment in time, I think it's an advantage. I think that we're in a great spot because, um, because of the Me Too movement, um, because of social consciousness change in our country. Um, I think more people are woke, if you will, than ever before about, you know, oh yeah, maybe I should invite Sally into the boardroom, or, you know, maybe I should get a person of color in here. Maybe I should open my mind and listen to some other people and invite people in. So um, this is changing like hourly. I mean, this is all new. So um, I feel super proud of the fact that we have an all-female team and um, super proud of the fact that uh, I think that we're at the, uh, at the right time, the right moment. I've certainly experienced sexism, you know, I mean, I was a snowboarder and a rock and roll singer. Like you don't get two more <laughs> male dominated areas than that. And cannabis also, you know, at the beginning of this, it was like, you. whenever you see like a black market going into a legit market, I mean, it's just, it was like just a lot of outlaws in general, men and women. Yeah. I mean, just, just people who were living um, outside and, and weren't afraid to go for it. And um, I'm extremely grateful that we have a new industry that I do believe we're still at the beginning stages of and um, we'll see as legislation changes and, and and we'll watch but like there's no holding women down now in the cannabis space like the cat's out of the bag like women know like hey i could struggle you know for 10 more years try to get recognized over in this overfield or i can come in today where there's no glass ceiling and i can just um or no grass ceiling maybe we'll call it <laughs> and uh and we're just gonna hit the ground running and no one's gonna tell me no because you can really make up um, your own profession in a way, your own area of sub-interest within this big umbrella of the cannabis and the hemp movement. And there's, you know, in, in country radio and in radio, when I started out, you knew like there'd be nine guys and they were going to have one spot for a female and all the females were going to be spotting, fighting for that one spot. Well, we don't have to fight like that. There's room for everybody. If you make good products, you're a hard worker. I think there's, um, a spot for any female who wants to come into this industry right now. I was just going to say, you know, I feel that so much of what Elizabeth and I want the Vine podcast to be about is really trying to not only discuss the changing landscape around cannabis, but really hopefully work towards ending the stigmas by educating our audiences about so much of what we get to talk about. And so I'm curious for you, being that now you're in this space where you're working in beauty and also the cannabis industry. If you've been met outside of the actual cannabis industry itself, have you been met still with some of those stigmas that are still remaining around the plant? And what does that cause any challenges for you? Or are you feeling that because beauty is allowing to kind of merge cannabis into a more mainstream media that you haven't been seeing those same types of challenges? I think I'm a, we're a little early on the process to an, answer that question completely because I think we're, we're about to get um, in the middle of the month when, when we go to the Luxury Meets Cannabis Conference, we're, we're about to get, um, learn some of these things real. But um, there certainly is a lot of stigma around the plant. I have so much experience cutting through those layers of stigma around the plant. I'm less intimidated to cut through stigmas and things that I may find in beauty, but you know, ignorance is bliss. I don't come from beauty. I've 
I don't come from fashion. I don't come from really a lot of girly, girly things. I mean, I really am like, I'm, I'm a fan, you know? So I'm like, I'm wide open and, and we'll have to see, but, um, I mean, we are women creating products for women and so, and men, but really women first. So, um, I think that I'm not maybe as intimidated to see what's going to happen in terms of male opposition. I'm more concerned. Will we be embraced by other females and will we be embraced by other women owned businesses? And will we see everything I've experienced as being a fam a, a woman in business in the past is, is there are vestiges of the queen bee syndrome. There are vestiges of, I've got my position of power. Unfortunately, this has happened to me in music. I've been associated with some people in music that should have been able to, it shouldn't have, it, it should have been easy for us to help each other. And it didn't feel like that always. Um, and so I, I'm totally curious. I have no idea what's going to happen in the beauty market. But you know what I do know is that you got to go for it and you can't be afraid to fail. And um, if you have heart and you have a story and you're authentic, I'm just hoping that all of those things will be embraced. But I don't Absolutely. know. You have a great product line, which we've tried. You have mm -hmm. amazing, amazing when you're looking through your website and really giving people the opportunity to, you know, a lot of times when you're looking at your beauty regime, like you said about maybe like kind of condensing it and making it smaller. Well, if you're used to the same kind of products for a long time, you might be kind of concerned about switching and spending a lot of the money on products. But I see that you have this discovery kit on your website, it looks like it's a really great sampling of your products. And I have to mention that because I think that, you know, the best way to really support you know, small businesses, especially female owned businesses, if you care about them is to buy their products. So, you know, I really feel that, you know, being able to have something like this, which is like a really great kind of sampling way to like get consumers to try your product is really important because we know that once people can try it and see the impact of how CBD can interact with our beauty products, that I really feel it'll make an impact. Absolutely. So we're, we're really excited to get those. Those are brand new, those sample kits. They took a really long time and a lot of effort to create. Jody can tell you, I mean, you know, it, it was, there was a whole other labor of love that went into making the minis. Um, but now that we have them, absolutely. I just want to spread it to the world, give it to the world, let people try it. But we know this is going to be a word of mouth thing. We know that, you know, we're going to do our best to, to market. But at the end of the day, products that work and work for people, women tell each other about them. And, and that's really what we're hoping um, is going to happen. But um, the product line is small. It's simple. And um, we're living in a time of what's essential. Mm -hmm. We right, really had right. to redefine for ourselves. What is essential? Who's, you know, it's been an incredible time to cut people out of the bubble that maybe aren't essential and redefine friendships. You don't want to carry around the same <laughs> Samsonite you've had for the last 20 years. You, you really have to cut it down. And I think that that's maybe we were at a nice time here because we have created what we think is, is, is sort of the essential line and, um, and we'll add to it over time. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm like so excited to see what's going to happen. I, I, I don't know, but I know that, um, all the feedback that we've gotten is really, is really been good. And, and I know the way I, the way I feel when I put them on, I feel better when I put the products on because I've taken five minutes out of my day, take a couple steps to rub a little love and energy into my face and to put lock in, you know, all of that moisture and, um, and the essential oils and the smells are just, they're the just so, so yummy. Yummy. So that, that kind of leads to a question I wanted to ask about, I mean, the CBD market is so saturated right now. So yeah. 
how do you sort of rise above? Like your passion is, you can feel it, but if you had to help others too, like introduce a product, um, what would you, how would you counsel them? I would, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I would counsel them to start with a problem because if you're just going out to right. white label another product that's getting added to the line and you're like, but my labels are going to be better than anybody else's label. You know, and it's like, no, when you listen to these founder stories and Jody and I've had the benefit of going in and really listening to some of the, the sort of um, the foundational stories of why these women started it, they always started with the problem. They're always like, I couldn't find this. This, I had this thing on my skin and it was disgusting. I didn't want to tell anybody about it. Or I had these issues down. And so they were really trying to work some stuff out for themselves. And I think it's really important for everybody because that's where the passion comes from. So are you solving a problem? Are you doing something in the marketplace that maybe is original and hasn't been done? You know, when we started two and a half years ago, the stuff was a lot more original than it is today. Things are moving so quickly. So looking in there and thinking, I might have the greatest idea in the world, but so-and-so is actually doing this over here and it looks like they're doing a pretty good job. So it's not j enough just to have the passion. I think that you have to really think that, you know, if you're solving a problem for yourself, you're probably solving a problem for somebody else, right? So just making sure that that's there, making sure that the story is there, that, you know, for, for us, the transparency and the authenticity and the sourcing and having faith that people maybe will pay a little bit more for a product that's that clean and pure and is that um, consciously crafted so that we have that transparency and we can feel really, really good, you know, about supporting that company over another company. So yeah, being conscious of uh, solving a problem, focusing on your story, is it unique? And then also trying to, there's all this stuff that I don't understand. I don't understand influencers. I will just tell you right now. You can send me 50 links to 50 ladies doing it, and I still don't understand. <laughs> so what we did right off the jump is we partnered with people, and we're continuing to partner with people. And I'm going to tell you, I'm 50 years old. Like, I'm old school. I didn't grow up with a TV. Don't try to explain to me what an influencer is. Apparently, I'm an influencer. I have no idea. I'm just telling you, partner with people who are in the space who do understand that. Who, who, who are specialists at that. So I think Jody and I have done a good job from day one in saying, you know, this is what we're good at. This is what we like, but let's bring somebody else in who's passionate over here, really does understand this area of the business, who will make a good partner. And um, so, yeah, and I, I don't think people should be afraid to get into the industry, but I think you need to be really savvy about how you're going to get in and um, putting your best foot forward. And for me, I, I react to the story. I, I, I want to know, is this a money-making thing? Is this like um, some trust fund money and a good idea? Or is this like, no, this came from this place. And that's what, where we come from. And that's what I respond to in other people's products. So I think if you're being, if you're coming from that place of passion and, um, and you think you're going to help somebody, um, then I, I think it's worth going for. But, you know, you, this whole industry is like, you got to be a little bit of a cowboy to get in here. I mean, it's not all established so these laws right. are not all established these laws are changing all the time cannabidiol is wrapped in with all the other cannabinoids that are still schedule one so you definitely need to be comfortable with a slight element of danger in the sense that we are we are dealing with the cannabis plant and for me i won't really work with anybody you could be an accountant you could be anybody i won't really work with you 
if I feel like you don't have an appreciation for the plant. Love that. Be we have options, you know, and I, for me, it's really important. And I've learned, been in business for so long and I've learned the hard way, no matter what you're promising me, no matter who you think you are, if I catch a vibe that you are not in alignment with my beliefs and my obsession with the plant and the way I feel about the plant, I'll just find someone else who is. Yeah. And that passion is definitely something that exudes from you. And we love that so much about you because I think that's why we wanted to have you on is that, you know, we're, we're, we really want to support females in this industry that, you know, have the guts to say, no, we're going to create the products that we want. We're going to make the companies that we want and we're, we're not going to start there. And so much of what you've said is so true because I'm so intrigued by your story. And, and that is a big part of, of, you know, launching these companies. And, you know, my husband is an avid angler and competes in kayak tournaments. So I have to mention that you hosted ESPN 2's Bass Center and the New American Sportsman. And so once again, you know, I have, we just have to say like, you know, that you've like found your way to the top in this predominantly male centric world. And so, you know, for any of the, the women that are listening that, you know, you have some advices that are just about how to get into the industry and not be afraid and whether it be cannabis or look, whether it be, you know, it, being a part of, you know, an angler and a fisherman and all these different things with, with that you've been involved in and, and snowboarding, you know, you've seemed to set yourself apart and be able to not be afraid uh, of being your own kind of woman. And that just matters so much to me. And so I, I want to make sure that you have a chance to really talk to some of our listeners that maybe don't have that strength that could really get inspired by, you know, your life and your story. And I feel that that really is in tune with, with love and hemp plus hemp brands. We, uh, yeah. But even when I was in industries where there were not at the beginning of snowboarding, there were not very many females. And when I competed in 1992 at the World Extremes, I was the only female who competed against men at that time. But there were, I did have mentors and women who were maybe a couple years older or a couple, and there weren't very many of them, but I always went out and sought those people. And I think it's important if you are uh, a moth to the light and you do feel inspired by somebody, you can get to anybody in this world. And if there was somebody who really interested me or I, I needed to be mentored early in snowboarding, I needed to be mentored in music and I needed to be mentored now in cannabis and hemp. Um, and I have been able to find those people. So I feel like, um, and throw myself at their feet. I, I you know, like with Marilyn Mather at Patience Out of Time, I would just be like, I want to learn from you. I, I love what you're doing. Um, I will sell merch. I will run the auction. I will sing. I will, I want to be around you and your husband. I want to be of service and I want to learn. And so um, it's great. That's the best thing about being in this industry right now is like it still is wide open. It reminds me of being in music in the 90s where you wanted to meet Emmylou Harris. You wanted to meet Lucinda Williams. You go to a show and you go back and introduce yourself. And the next thing you know, you're hanging out and playing guitar. So I would urge women to go find those other women and, and the companies that you feel that you respond to, that you're passionate about. And um, go and knock on their door and say, I'm here and I, and I love this. And, um, and I've been able to do that for some women too. So I know how good it feels to be on that side of things as well. Um, so you don't need to be scared of anything. The only thing you need to be scared of is not ever putting your worm in the water. As my dad says, you can't catch a fish if you don't have your worm in the water. <laughs> getting up on a, on a fresh powder day, getting up on stage and singing. I think the only thing 
we need to be afraid of is I'm not afraid of falling on my face. I'm not afraid of failing. I mean, I don't want to get embarrassed. What I'm afraid of is living my life and looking up and thinking that, dang, that I really wanted to do that. And I just didn't, I was just too scared. Um, because I've seen how much it gives back. I mean, I have, I came in as a novice into the industry. I became somebody in the industry just purely because I showed up and I showed up and I didn't have a huge ego. And I said, okay, what do you need to have done? I'm here to do it. And, um, oh my gosh. And you just met, we just meet the most amazing people. And, and, um, and it's just really so staggering that we get to be in a new industry that's going to be so multi-billion that, you know, people think that we know a lot about CBD and that the CBD market, it, it, that's not true. We're at the beginning and we are going to, it's going to go huge from where it is now. We think it's big now, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So yeah, I think if you're having any trepidation about getting into it, you just go and find women like yourselves and you say, and you just show up and you kind of hang around and you get to be a little bit of a pain until somebody gives you a job, you know, <laughs> go do this, go do that. And um, it's organic. That's the best thing about this plant. It's organic. And hopefully it's helping to replace some more toxic choices that people are making in their lives. Um, and, and that's for the entire, you know, hemp and cannabis plant. And that was something else I just wanted to maybe mention to your listeners. You know, there's all these auxiliary businesses. And if you're in an illegal state, like we are, you don't have to go right into the cannabis thing. You can, you can go and work at a friendly credit union that's, that's friendly towards the plant. You can go work in lighting. You can go work at fertilizer. You can go work on the legal side of things. You can go and volunteer um, just to do outreach into education. So you don't have to, you know, explain to grandma at Thanksgiving how you've gone headlong into the cannabis industry because <laughs> the industry is is mushrooming so much that there are areas to be involved and to help tracking systems, lighting systems, all this other industry. So you could get involved in something that's not even directly uh, to do with the plant and still be in the industry. So, you know, open your minds. Like maybe that's all I'm suggesting is whatever you have to bring to the table, whatever your skill set is, whatever your passion is, there's a place for that passion within this industry. And you are going to make your own path, but don't be surprised if, you know, your special skill is, you know, is programming or something. And there could be a job for you still in the cannabis industry that has to do with your skill set. I didn't have many skills. I could sing a song and I could pretty good at getting some people to give money and to do a few things that I wanted them to do, but I didn't really have a skill set. So, um, I, I just want people to try to imagine that, that, that it is, it is a big world and, and maybe there's a, like I said, solve a problem. Maybe there's something in there that's um, right in your comfort zone, right in the way that you've been trained where you can contribute and you don't have to take on all of the onus and all of the risk and all of the history um, of the negative side, you know, that comes with the plant. So don't let that, the plant itself hold you back because like I said, there's just, there's all these other ways to be involved. So, so skunk magazine named you as one of America's top 100 most important activists. So what have you seen that moves the needle most? What if someone wants to advocate, um, you know, I, I've been in the industry now two years and have seen 
different movement and had been with different groups, but someone who's been in as long as you have, yeah, you have that ability to look out and say, you know what, normal is doing X, Y, and Z, and they're doing a great job. Join them or veterans for uh, the cannabis project or what are some suggestions for advocates? Again, it comes back to your passion. Like I, my passions don't always seem to fit together, but like I have different passions within the industry. So I started um, on the legal side of things, but I'm not a lawyer. And I kind of came into that and didn't feel like I could contribute as much to that conversation as I could to the patient side of things. And so I I sort of moved more over um, onto the patient side of thing and onto the healing side. And that became um, so more of my focus. And I've bopped around to, you know, basically in the athlete space and in, in the hemp space, but I'm also really, really interested in anxiety and PTSD and what this can do for veterans. And that's a passion of mine. So I, um, take the time to educate myself. I mean, you really just, you do need to go and take the deep dive. You have to learn the history of the plant. You have to learn the history of the plant in America. You have to learn the political forces that are at work. Because if you don't understand our opposition, it's hard. And a lot of our opposition, ironically, comes from other vices, comes from lobbying groups for gambling, for instance, comes from lobbying groups for alcohol. And I'm always like, this bud goes with this bud. You don't have to give up this bud just because you want this bud. Um, You know, but I thought that was a powerful lesson for me at the beginning, because, you know, the more educated you are and, and the more you follow and listen to the leaders here, you really need to understand the players. And you need to understand the influences. You need to understand law enforcement, for instance. If you want to go and change a lot, and I would start on your local level. You start in your town and you work on your state and then you move up to your region and you get involved on the national level and maybe on the international level. But you start right there at home with what can be changed at home. So I'm a a Tennesseans United here in Tennessee. So I, I need to understand what is law enforcement worried about? What, what are the challenges? How can we make it easier for law enforcement to embrace, um, you know, legalizing cannabis in the state of Tennessee? I'm not going to get anywhere if I don't understand where that person's coming from. Republican lawmakers, Democratic lawmakers, who are the players in the game? Who on a local level is advocating for this? So what I do is I align myself immediately with the people that I think are fighting the good fight. I give money to them, I go to their fundraisers, I support them with other people. And then on the nonprofit level, I try to give my energy, like again, you can, you can volunteer on all kinds of places, but for me, I, um, the need that I'm seeing in my state is from the patients. Yes, they want the laws changed, but they're suffering today. They want answers today. And a lot of times it's just education and saying, you know what, I can't help you right now because the laws in this state. But if you're determined to get this information, if you're determined to get these products, if you're determined to medicate in a certain way, this is where you can go. You know, you can go to. But I'll tell you right now, nobody can be effective in this business if they're not willing to get slightly out of their comfort zone. If you think you're going to sit exactly where you're sitting now and anything's going to change, you're wrong. When I started hosting normal meetings 10 years ago, people would sneak around to the end of the building. Nobody wanted to see them coming into the room. Nobody was willing to put their email down on the list. I mean, it was like, we're not in the French resistance, people. Okay, the Nazis aren't coming. You know what I mean? Like, 
we're allowed to assemble. We're allowed to talk about cannabis. But you know what I mean? Like, and I would say to someone, like, if you want to get into this, then, you, you know, we are at a time in our history where we do need to, to stand and to be counted. And you, if you don't have that spark of being like, I'm, I'm willing, you know, I'm scared, but I'm willing to get slightly out of my comfort zone to stand up for what I believe in. You need to find that within yourself because it's not a completely comfortable process. You will encounter opposition. The, the deep layers of propaganda in our country that have existed for 80 years are still very much alive. And you have to come from it from a living heart and be willing to listen because people are going to come to you and they might be ignorant. They might have a lot of beliefs that, you know, and you're like, oh, I got to go through this again. I got to explain. But you know what? You never know when you're going to have that breakthrough. So, yes, you do have to keep explaining. And yes, you have to keep going and, and, and listening to what the other side say. And, you know, and being willing to debate, you know, well, it's it's uh, if I smoke pot, I'm going to go I'm going to go straight on to heroin, you know. It's definitely going to get me right, you know, on the hard drugs or whatever anybody comes out with you with. So for me, it's been like, um, I just, I got to stay up. I got to educate. I've got to, I've got to be learned. I have to know the history. I have to know the new science. I have to keep up with what's going on in the laws because you know what? It is a war. And this country has been in a drug war for a long time. So um, if you're going to participate in this and you love it, um, don't be afraid, but be ready because you will get educated, right? Get educated. You will be challenged. You will be challenged and you will move out of your comfort zone. But I want to tell you, nothing bad has ever happened to me from getting out of my comfort zone. Only good things have happened to me. And so that's why I'm not afraid. I feel so strongly about what I believe in that if I were to get in massive amounts of trouble for it for some reason, and I thought I was helping people, you know, if you see somebody drowning and there's a do not swim, you know, and you're, are you going to jump in and save the drowning person and deal with the fact that you broke the law afterwards? Yeah, you are. And that's where I'm at. So I am going to, um, gosh, I just feel more strongly about it than ever that, you know, in your heart, if you're on the right path, you know, in your heart, if you're doing the right thing, and if you're doing the right thing, you don't need to be afraid. That's right. And we certainly can feel your passion and and being able to try your products too was so amazing before this because we can sense how much time and care and effort went into everything from not only the the quality of the ingredients, but also everything from the packaging. And really, you've done a really fantastic job and we're really excited for our listeners to get to learn more. So how can our listeners hear, you know, more about your music, find your beautiful products? Yeah. Well, you can go to Love Plus Hemp. Like I said, I want to give a shout out to our team for Jody and Liz who are on the call and Nemo, our formulator and Lou, our marketing expert. We really, um, there, uh, so much love has gone into it. And, um, but yeah, you could support us by going and trying it and buying something and um, letting us know and giving us your feedback. So loveplushemp.com and um, GretaGaines.com. Um, you can find my albums. And if you want to listen for free on Spotify, all my music's on Spotify, become a, a free listener there. Or of course you can download anything. All of my albums are on iTunes. Um, and uh, yeah, I would love to, I would love to interface with anybody who wants to listen to the music on, and especially try the products and just continue to um, support women like yourselves and women like us. 
who are um, trying to fight the good fight and um, trying to trying to make something beautiful and bring something beautiful into the world. Well, Greta Gaines, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much from Love Plus Hemp joining us on our Plant Media Project podcast, The Vine. Thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your story. Thank you guys and have a hemp-tastic day. Have a hemp-tastic day. I love that, Greta. Love that. And we hope that you'll join us again here on The Vine, a Plant Media Project podcast. And you can tune in anytime on your favorite podcast platform as we continue to discuss the changing landscape around plant medicine. To learn more about us, please visit plantmediaproject.com. 